Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Hello and welcome to the 321st episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. 321, baby. 321. Got him. Yep. Uh, so, Sandy, uh, the... It's Formula One weekend, the the opening race. I know you're you're thrilled. <laughs> uh, I actually I just finished Drive to Survive. Dr- Strive to Survive. I just finished Drive to Survive. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished Drive to Survive. Um, it was pretty good. There, were, so I I had seen previously on the Formula One subreddit that people who were complaining, not even the subreddit, not just the subreddit, but also mm-hmm. like YouTube channels where people discuss uh, Formula One. And I and I do understand a bit of their frustration with the series. Um, people love it, but people also dislike certain elements of it. And I think really just comes down to like the the level of dislike comes from two things. One, and this is difficult to control, is really just the amount of stories that they can actually cover while uh, uh, throughout the series. There are only ten episodes. Netflix is only with certain crews on certain on certain uh, days. So you just have you have times where there are like these big stories or really interesting elements and Netflix just isn't at the race covering that specific team. And so like if something really interesting happens with Red Bull, right, and they happen to be filming with Racing Point that week, you can't get the inside perspective of it because they're not filming with Red Bull that day. They're with Racing Point. And so then when it comes to airing the story, it's either do does Netflix uh, show footage of that event with regards to what happened to Red Bull just from a racing points perspective or do they just not bother s- discussing it at all and especially with teams like Red Bull uh, Mercedes where there's just not very much drama they don't bother talking about it um, and and again because of the the fact, the fact there's limited time but uh, as well as the I guess complexity or the issue of not being with that team but the other issue is they they really try to ham up the drama a lot and that leads to things like uh and i think you saw this post on on the uh, the formula one subreddit when uh charles leclerc had a crash in one of the races and i think it was monza and it, this was like episode two maybe three and he crashes into the wall and netflix added in this artificial delay between when the team was asking if he's okay and when he actually responded and said he's okay um then because there's not very much drama with the number one team because Mercedes just com- like completely ran away with it. Lewis Hamilton won the driver's championship very fairly early. Uh, Mercedes won the constructors championship very early. And so because there wasn't very much drama with those two, with, with the team as well as with um, the drivers themselves, they didn't bother covering very much. I mean, from uh, Botas's perspective, he, I mean, he's striving to beat Hamilton. Like that's his number one goal. We did get that from, from episode two. But he 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 wasn't close to Hamilton, so there's no reason to really discuss it any more than what they did at that early part in episode two. You know when they're in the the uh, the sauna, um, and so there were there was a race where Hamilton did really really well. Um, so there was one race that had uh, it was a it was a rainy race, and people love rain races because it takes away a lot of the advantage that the cars themselves have, and it really puts it onto the drivers themselves. And um, that if they they briefly touched on it in uh, one of the Racing Point episodes where they talked about Lance Stroll, I think this was like episode nine, 
and Lance Stroll was like, you know, he he there's a super quick clip where he goes, I love my job. He I think took pole position or maybe like got second place in uh qualifying on Saturday and this I think was also during the rain, but then the next day he didn't do very well. I can't remember what place he got. The next day Hamilton, who I think qualified like 6th or something crazy like that, he ended up crushing the race. He did super well, um, and it was a it was a great race just from the perspective of the drivers because of how well he handled it. A lot of the drivers were were spinning like Botas spun like I don't know seven times during that race. I should have I should have googled this beforehand, uh, but he spun a lot during the race, and I'm not sure what place he finished, but it wasn't very good. It wasn't it wasn't competitive from his perspective, and so. Um, like that would have been a really cool race to see from Hamilton's perspective, but all we really got from Hamilton throughout the entire series was maybe just like a, a couple of one liners here and there. Um, and then the very like last five minutes where he, where he talked on, he talked about like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, how he's used his voice, um, to, you know, the, the lack of black drivers in formula one as a whole and try to use his voice to improve, uh, you know, social justice, uh, across the board. And so, um, I, 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 I first of all appreciate that they that they covered that, but it was a little disappointing that we couldn't get some some perspective from him in different races, and it's largely because it wasn't really interesting, I guess. You know, when Hamilton's lapping people left and right, like there were races where he lapped everybody but second place. So when that's happening in races, like what 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 are you gonna do? What are you gonna ask them? Like, oh, how hard of a drive was it when you when the closest person to you was like a minute back? Like, there's no point in discussing that because it's not interesting, right? Um, the other thing I found interesting was that I don't recall hearing Max Verstappen in any in any interviews. Maybe there was a little bit, but I don't like any drama relating to Red Bull was about uh, Albon, and we got a lot of that from Christian Horner's perspective. Um, I don't remember hearing Albin speak, or sorry, Verstappen speak at all. Do you? Uh, no. Um, okay. But the thing that you're bringing up is, like, you're more of a fan of, like, a more than just a casual fan of F1. And F1, historically, has been a very, like, niche sport. Yeah. And so a lot of the drama that they give you is, like, in my mind, from someone who's coming at it from, like, a, oh, this is cool. You know, like when we first saw the the original season, the first season of Drive to Survive. Yeah, it was like, oh, this is really cool. I never, th- I never knew that F one was this interesting. Right, um, and then it sort of got grabbed you, and you've been watching more of the races. I, I never, it never took enough hold of me to be willing to like wake up early or you know devote times to watch people do qualifying races. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my. Yeah, I guess my relationship with F1 is solely based on whatever Drive to Survive gives me. And I think that they are indexing on like the largest number of casual viewers. Yeah. And like you said, if uh, Lewis Hamilton did as well as you say he did, that would be an incredibly boring show. Yeah. Nobody wants to see, <laughs> essentially, like I wouldn't want to see... Lewis Hamilton just curb stomping other drivers for 10 episodes. That's like super boring to me. <laughs> yeah. And if people like Lewis, are. Lewis, you won by 100 points. How does exactly. that make you feel? Like, how, how hard was that for you? Ah, uh, yeah. You know, it's real tough. Like, I mean, even now, right. people still talk about him. Like, is he the greatest driver ever? And a lot of people won't give him credit for that because he's been driving in a largely um, uh, 
uncompetitive right. like like era um the the engine types the cars i mean mercedes is just far and away beyond anybody else that there's never really been a season other than the one where he lost to nico rosberg his teammate uh, like four years ago or so where um like there just hasn't really been any Was closeness I, I think i thought he I won like sure. six in a row so, so hamilton at this point let me let me see let me let me just quickly while you're pulling that up the just the idea or notion that people get upset that they're not covering the right drama, I can argue from a logistic standpoint, they probably only have as many crews as possible, and you're not going to be able to predict what's going to happen. Yeah, race, exactly. Right? Yeah. So that's exactly. one thing. The other thing is, if you want more drama, just get better. Like, <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? It's like, oh man, it's so boring that you always get to cover so and so or all that stuff. And I'm like, as a casual fan, but also someone who just understands, like, competitive sports from a perspective, like, get better. <laughs> just feel better drivers. You look at the way that some of these teams are out here fielding drivers, it's an embarrassment to your organization. All right? Yeah. Williams, fall from grace. You're right. It's part driver, part, like, manufacturer. So that's why they have the, what, the driver's championship, where you get points for the driver perspective. You also get constructor points for like the organization right yep yep which is kind of a nice thing for a sport like that knowing that you know be like in the in basketball or baseball or football be like all right there's the regular championship for the players but also like organization championships where like oh you get points on trading or you get points on running a smooth operation because that's not really a thing and then uh you're so heavily utilizing machinery i don't know what to tell you like, maybe Mercedes deserves to just run away with this. And that whole uh, subplot of, what was it, Aston Martin, or Racing Point, creating, like, the pink Mercedes? Yeah, yeah. You guys now- are just sore losers because <laughs> they've been so bad for so long. And the, the racing manager was like, listen, last year the rules said this, and I did this last year. And now if the rules are changed... You can't retroactively punish me. This is just a lot of like Renault, Haas, which is just a joke at this point. Like all these teams are fielding terrible drivers in terrible cars. So you ought to be laughed out in the room. And as as Formula One fans, then you got you better understand that your sport, because there's not like a real like salary cap situation, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, oh, hey, every year you win, the the, uh, the rest of the league decides they can either take something from your car or they get mm-hmm. something added to their car. You know, like there's no like rebalancing every year. It's just, hey, Mercedes probably puts like a couple billion dollars to this sport and you are out here baking cookies uh, for, for a bake sale to, to run your organization. It is what it is. And if you guys are, like, uh, traditionalists and unwilling to change certain things to make this more uh, competitive, then get used to Lewis Hamilton driving with his eyes closed. You know, like, yeah. where is the drama then? The drama, you have to manufacture a little bit. Otherwise, it's just a collection of YouTube clips from the Formula One channel <laughs> yeah. of, like, race highlights. Nobody wants to see that. Right. No, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, the... 
it, it it's really it's really complicated. Like you said, like the the logistical aspect of it is just it, it's too comprehensive. You can't have a you can't have a Netflix team with every single crew at every single race, especially last year with COVID. Like you, there, I don't I don't know what the behind the scenes was like with how many people were actually there to film. Um, but I have to imagine there were less people from Netflix there to actually capture footage for for or and even you know. Uh, take interviews from the different from the different drivers and teams so yeah it definitely makes sense i think the one thing that i would have liked to see a little bit more on was just the the record-breaking season for lewis hamilton this was the year that he he tied michael schumacher's seven championships they did talk about it, like they mentioned it they, it's not like it was hidden or anything like that um but the amount of races that he won he i think i don't know how many races he won overall by the end of the year but he did win the he has he's won the most races now of any driver of all time um and now has seven championships um he did so he earlier i said that so he lost the 2016 championship to his teammate so he's won every championship since he joined mercedes in 2014 i think that was the year that he joined um mercedes has won every every year since 2014 lewis hamilton's won every since 2014 except for 2016 and then his only one before joining mercedes was in 2008 when i think he was still with mclaren Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like there's just stuff that you can't cover. Like there would a, a great story would had had Netflix been with Mercedes that day, would have been covering um, the the race uh, where Hamilton missed because he had COVID, and um, George Russell was loaned over to the, uh, Mercedes from from Williams and George Russell, he uh, with the with the Williams team, they're the worst car, and so he often gets like last place or nineteenth place or something like that. All of a sudden, in the uh, in in Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes, he got pole position in qualifying. He beat Botas, which was impressive, and then he was leading the race for you know he was in the lead for most of the race. And then uh, Mercedes had a huge mistake where they uh, they so normally when you pit stop, right, you typically you see like one driver come in one lap for a pit for a change of tires, and then on a different lap. Or a little bit later, you'll see another driver come in for a change of tires. But what they can do is double stack the drivers where Mm -hmm. the lead racer will come in for a change of tires. And then the car who's behind will come in immediately after. And so George Russell came in for for a tire change. They changed his tires. And then immediately after, Botas came for a tire change. They also did show this in in the episode. But this is is the same race. Actually, I can't recall which race it was, but they did show it. Um, basically, the they they the pit crew messed up because of some communication issue, and they ended up giving um, George Russell some of Botas's tires, and they gave Botas some of George Russell's tires. The one of the pit crew members noticed it when they were changing Botas's tires, and they ended up putting back his old tires back on because you're not allowed to do that. It's a uh, it's a violation of the rules, and so they had to bring George Russell back in the immediately after to change his tires. And I think he ended up getting like tenth place, maybe eleventh. I'm not sure if he got points that race, but like that would have been really cool. Uh, that would have been really cool to see, and, and of course because Netflix wasn't filming with, with him that day, and there was just a lot of other things going on. I mean. Drive to Survive, especially in the first season, was like they didn't film with Mercedes or yeah, they didn't film with Mercedes or Ferrari, the two dominant teams in 2018. And so um, the show from its origins was really about that midfield. It was about like Renault. It was about McLaren, Racing Point, the teams that were in the mix trying to fight over basically third through like seventh place. 
in the constructors championships those are that's where like the the quote-unquote drama is whether it's actual like drama between the the personnel or if it was drama amongst the competition and the competition's fierce in that in that in that region so of course they're gonna they're gonna focus on that and that's the cool thing about formula one as well is that you can kind of root for multiple teams you can be a fan of hamilton or mercedes or red bull if you're trying if you want to see somebody um you know try to dethrone the king um but you can also be a fan of like renault and hope that they can get third place and, and beat out like mclaren and racing point uh and whoever else is in the mix there and so then i think that you know taking from its origins i think especially with seasons two and seasons three um the show's largely going to focus on those those mid teams because that's where the competition really is fierce. And so, if, I think for from Netflix's perspective, it, it would make sense if you're going to try to schedule what teams you're going to be with. You wouldn't want to be with Mercedes in the the third to last or second to last race of the season. You're going to want to be with Racing Point, with Renault, with McLaren, somebody who's likely in the mix. And sure enough, they were in the mix. Whoever they were filming with that day, I think they were with either Red Bull or they were with. Um, racing point but so yeah that 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 definitely makes sense but uh overall yeah it's it's a it's a really cool perspective to get it's really cool to see it's really cool Mm -hmm. to get behind the scenes like you you you're aware of the drama they talked a lot about it this year's um like um a lot of the a lot of the drivers had already made decisions and commitments to leave the team like daniel ricardo committed to leave to mclaren before the season even started that Um, was so funny yeah yeah you guys suck (laughs) <laughs> you are not yeah. competitive anytime soon i'm leaving you yeah basically and, and, it, and it was unfortunate too because he started doing really well like the i was i didn't watch the year before um that was after the first season of draft to survive but i watched the set i watched the after the second season and i i'm aware that this his first season with renault he wasn't doing very well and his own teammate was beating him oftentimes in the races uh, i don't know if he I, I know he never got a podium during that first year and so the second year there was that tattoo bet that was made and he ended up getting a podium, I think two or three times across the, over the course of the year. And uh, Esteban Ocon, his uh, teammate even got second place at some point during the year too. So they were a much better car this year or this past year than they were the year before. And so it is a bit unfortunate that he's, he's left to a team that's probably fairly similar to what the Renault was at least last year. Um, I just want to say that it's a uniquely European concept to to root for like the midfield yeah it is right (laughs) you know it's like oh hey you know it's it's impossible for us to win so let's start rooting for the sixth place team to be the fifth place team yeah i think what what drive to survive did for me was it was just kind of make me a fan of the sport overall and really just root for root for everybody right like it's not like i'm you know, if if somebody wins, like there were, there was a race where um, Gasly won, and he won largely because of uh, issue with Hamilton, where he uh, he ended up getting penalized or something. I think Botas may have had may have been eliminated from the race. Verstappen, I think, was definitely his car. I think he had a crash or something happened with his car. So Gasly found him in the unique position because of like stoppages and other things, where he just happened to be in the lead and he was able to hold on to that lead and win. Now, like that's really cool. The other thing is like there's a lack of context with the sport. Like after so long, no one cares. Like oh, you got really unlucky. Like oh my god, like his car his car failed five times. Didn't even get to start. By the end of the year, everyone just looks at your points and says, "Ah, oh, you should have done better than that, right?" 
um, at, at some point they just kind of ignore the the uh, the fact that it wasn't driver error or the driver's fault on certain things and just kind of just get penalized. It's just unfortunate with that regard. Um, yeah, but as a team sport, and if you're the face of the team in a sense, right? Like you, you that's the one thing you just got you got take you got take it on the chin. Yeah, I mean, it is what it, it is what it is at some point. But like Albon, so Albon got uh, he got he got hit by Hamilton in the last race of 2019, and then he also got hit in the first race of 2020 by Hamilton and got eliminated when he was likely to get like a first or second place in those in both races. And so like things like that happen, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, and so yeah, when you when you're finishing like seventh or eighth in a car that should be finishing like fourth or fifth, then yeah, at some point you got to say, okay, well. Yeah, unfortunate that you couldn't pull. You couldn't pull like those. You know that that dramatic amount of points in those races. But that's racing; it happens. Um, but at the same time, I, I I wonder how much people and like I'm I'm sure the team takes a lot in, a lot more into account than what the you know the media or what like Reddit right. fans are talking about. You know, at, at but at some point, the media, the Reddit fans forget that the person could have been like Carlos Sainz had really bad luck last year. There were two, I think two races where he literally couldn't even start because his car was, was, had malfunctioned. There was problems on his cars and he literally couldn't race. Um, some people had COVID, so they missed a race or two. And so like lost points with regards to that, like kind of unavoidable from the driver's perspective. Um, but yeah, missed, missed opportunities where you're finishing like eighth place for the majority of the year. And you should be finishing like, third or fourth like you should really be in the mix and at that point it's difficult to ignore and that that was the case with Albon he he should have been better um averaged across the year and he just he just wasn't Albon to me just seemed like someone who just could not get his stuff together yeah he when I watched him in it when I watched a lot of his races he he would often find himself just like so like qualifying he wasn't as good as he should have been right so it should be based off the cars it should be mercedes mercedes red bull red bull based off of the 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 capabilities of each car for qualifying so qualifying happens on saturday it's really there are three rounds of qualifying um in the first round it's the bottom five cars who perform the the worst are eliminated so really all you're looking to do in the first round is just not be the one of the five worst cars the second round it's exactly the same you don't want to be the, the slowest five cars so it's what 15 happens if cars. you're eliminated if you're eliminated, then your your start order. So, like, if if you get 16th place in qualifying in the first round of qualifying, you start 16th. If you get 18th place, you start 18th. But the the um, one advantage that you have of getting eliminated in rounds one or two is that you can pick which tires you want to start on. In uh in in so if you are in um if you make it to the second round of qualifying and you sorry if you if you make it to the to the third round of qualifying you have to start the race on the set of tires that you qualified with in round 2 of qualifying and there are three types of tires they're just they classify them as hard medium and soft in terms of like uh i guess the literally the the softness or whatever of the tire the, the compound of the tire um there are five different tires that pirelli the tire manufacturer can pick for each race um and they will get classified as hard medium or soft but hard medium or soft isn't like a a, a it's not a specific designation of a tire that every week like what what is soft one week i think could technically be hard in another week based off of however pirelli designates their tires here goes the race. It's about to start now. Um, and so in a, so if you call in, in the second round of qualifying, if you make it to the third round, but you make it on a soft tire, 
you have to start the race on a soft tire. And one reason why that might not be advantageous is that based off of the the length of the of the race, based off of the turns and things like that, that could wear heavily on your tires. And if you start on a soft, it could force your pit strategy to require that you would pit maybe two times in a race where it would be advantageous to pit just a single time. Mm. So a lot of time, so sometimes you'll see drivers try to qualify on medium in that second round. And that's actually what happened yesterday. Um, so uh, Sergio Perez, the uh, the Mexican driver who just joined Red Bull, he took uh, Alex Albon's seat. Where is Albon now? He's a reserve driver for for uh, for Red Bull, so he's not driving at all right now. Um, he he, I, I I don't really know how it works for a reserve driver, like if he gets to drive a car ever or if he's just stuck stuck driving simulations. But if either driver like is sick. Um, can't race is injured whatever reason he will be the presumably the the driver that they'll that they'll that they'll drive or that will drive the car um and so the red bull tried to get into the the third round of qualifying by right by running uh perez on a set of mediums yesterday and the mediums are so basically the the general rule of thumb is that the soft is the quickest the medium is second quickest, and the, and the hard is is the least quick. But okay. the adv- the advantage of hard is that it lasts longer than the medium, and medium lasts longer than soft. Yeah, so it's a, it's a nice uh, balance between the two. Exactly. So you if you qualify on the softs, then in in uh in the second round of qualifying, then that again that's the second that's the tire that you have to start on, assuming you make it to the third round, and so. Red Bull did not run a driver on the set of softs and they ended up, he ended up placing like 16th or 17th. So he actually missed out and get making it into the third round. Um, and so in the third round you race on softs, basically everyone, everyone runs on softs. And so, um, then of course, whoever, what that the race order from one through 10 is, is based off of how you, how you perform in that third mm-hmm. round of qualifying. And so um, Verstappen actually ended up getting pole position yesterday. So people are excited because it could mean that that um, uh Sergio Perez is stopped <laughs> before the race has started. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's not going to be good. They might not. Ha- they might have to delay the start of this race right now. Why? So they do a formation lap where the drivers basically drive around the track once they uh, warm their tires up a little bit, and then they get to their starting positions. And Sergio Perez has a has just had a power failure on the formation. Record. Sucks. So all the drivers are are getting to their spot on the grid to start the race, and Sergio Perez is missing because his car is stopped. And uh, because his car stopped, it's a it's a hazard on the road, and so they might not start the race because they need to remove his car from the road. And it's just a casual fan of Formula One where the fandom does not extend very far beyond the documentary yeah it's hard for me to stare at what seems like just pure incompetence at some of these teams <laughs> and like yeah. be okay with it i feel like i'm ex- extremely hard on teams that don't do well and mm-hmm. that stems from my personal fandom of my team who yeah. have just been yeah you talking about the Chargers? I'm talking about the Chargers. It's like people <laughs> say it's bad luck, sure, but that's only up to a certain extent, right? Like, yeah, certainly. And also, if you can't, like, my team just couldn't execute last year. We we lost the most amount of games 
uh, uh, that were separated by one possession or less. At a certain point, if your team can't cut it, your team can't cut it. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is I'm I'm targeting Haas when... I wasn't sure you were going to talk about Haas or Williams. Certainly Haas. I mean, Williams is so bad, they're out of the sport now, right? Yeah, they, they they got bought. Yeah. So here's the thing with Haas. I remember hearing in the documentary that nobody gets fired at Haas. That right. you're in there for life. You go in, no one comes yep. out. Yep. Well, That's a problem. How many years have they gone where they're essentially irrelevant as team? They struggle in the midfield. And and so I obviously don't know how to run a, a Formula 1 team and it does seem like with Racing Point you need like this it honestly is a James Bond sport where it's like, oh, this like weird billionaire came out from the cold. Yeah. And it's like, I'm buying exactly. your team. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, yeah, find me $100,000. See if I care. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting. It, it is starting to get really boring that Mercedes is doing so well and nobody else can keep up. Like, you guys are all auto manufacturers. Either be serious about the sport or, or get out. And if you're not serious... Then everyone just start racing Mercedes cars, and then see who's better. You know. Yeah. No. I. I. I really do agree with that a lot. Um. I. I understand the. I. I think that the thing that's really difficult for the casual fan, and I. I wouldn't even call myself like a hardcore fan or anything like that. The thing that's really difficult to conceptualize for me is like what goes on behind the scenes because you can't see what's going on in the garages. How many people are working on these cars between TC? Like. They have to be doing work on like the 2022 car by now, right? Or coming up, whatever whatever the FIA regulations allow. Um, like next year, they're going to be using new power units, basically new engines. Um, and so the hope is that the 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 playing field might become a little bit more leveled after that. There's also going to be a bit more of a salary cap on how much the teams can spend on their cars and other things like that. So hopefully, the 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 sport will become a little bit more. Um, standardized a little bit more competitive but it's really difficult to know that beforehand i think what's really interesting is that some of these some of the manufacturers don't really know how good how well the car is going to perform like you might come into the season like yo we got a a great car and it turns out that uh the car maybe it doesn't perform as well as you thought it was going to perform or the competition just got way better between the two years and you're one of the worst cars around um when you have things like, and, and that's the other issue then with Mercedes and, and Ferrari, the amount of money that these teams have and how much they can invest into their cars and just makes them so much better than the rest. Like it's difficult for an independent team like what previously was was Williams um, as well as with like Racing Point it's very, and Haas. It's very difficult to be competitive when you don't have the backing of, say, a Mercedes behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But it's, then it's, you got to uh, ask yourself... Does leveling the playing field make sense for this particular sport? Yeah. Someone just crashed already. Jeez. Oh, Everyone's terrible this I'm wondering if terrible. I'm wondering if it's I'm wondering if it's Mazepin. He's the uh the driver I was talking about last week who had that massive uh controversy between the season and, and they ended up having they ended up keeping him because, well, Haas, as you saw during the show, had a lot of funding problems and their dad is uh yep, yeah, it was Mazepin. He said he's he's okay. Um, Nobody cares if he's okay or not. <laughs> that's another Haas. Like that's just brutal. 
um, during qualifying, he spun he spun twice, and he happened to spin twice in front of uh, drivers like uh, Sebastian Vettel, and and Vettel is with a uh, racing point who's now Aston Martin Racing now. Um, he spun in front of Vettel, who had to slow down. You can't like if there's a yellow flag, you have to you can't you can't accelerate around the corner or in the area that's that's a yellow flag, and so he had to slow down. But because he was on his lap, that was supposed to be a quick lap. His lap time wasn't great, and so Vettel ended up qualifying like I don't know, like 18th. He just couldn't he couldn't drive quicker because of the flag, and so uh, they were calling him Maza Spin because uh, of his little funny. spins. I love yeah. that. <laughs> I love that. You're terrible, Master. Yeah, not a, not a good look. He spun twice yesterday, and then on like the third turn, he crashes. Wasn't there also that video of Mazepin with that woman? That's like yeah, causing exactly. a lot of controversy. Yeah, I thought I did talk about it last week, but maybe I was telling Lena about it. I can't recall. But yeah, there was a video of him, um, like not long after the season ended, when it was confirmed that he was going to be the driver. He is like the passenger of a car, and I think he was like recording this girl in the back seat, and he kept trying to like spread her legs or touch her or something like that. Apparently, they're friends, and she's like, "Oh no, it's fine. Like we're friends. Like he would, we were just joking around, type of deal." But like. She was like, "Stop!" And he, and he like kept doing it, like kept trying to like, I don't know, was like touch her, touch her boobs, touch her, whatever. I don't know, but uh, wasn't I don't a good know that look. you could joke and, about sexual harassment in twenty twenty one. No, yeah, exactly right. And um, and people were like, "Hasa, they have to fire, they they have to fire him." And everyone's like, "There's literally no way that they can fire him. They can't, they can't afford to, they can't afford to drop him as a sponsor. His dad's a billionaire. They need his money." That is so awesome in a terrible, terrible way. That's like, yeah, daddy's, my dad's got the money. Yeah. So I could go out there and shoot somebody on Broadway and you ain't firing me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, that is so bad. I hate that, I think, but I understand it. Yeah. I think that's also what's a tough thing for Lance Stroll, um, who I think is a, is a pretty good driver, but I'm not sure what people's general thoughts are on him because his dad owns the team. Um, it's like, does, would he, would he have that seat over somebody else like Hulkenberg, for example, mm-hmm. if his dad didn't own the team? I'm not really sure what the answer to that question is. Great question. I, I mean, it's, it's hard to ask. You're absolutely right. It's hard to ask those things. Yeah. I mean, Mazepin Masa, crashed on his own, by his own accord. Nobody hit him or anything. He just spun. Uh, they just showed the replay there. That's too bad. All right. Well, anyway, I appreciate you telling us more about Formula One than what I know. Because if you if you wanted to know about the sport from my perspective, you would just literally get a retelling of what happened <laughs> in Formula One. Drive Well, hey, if there's ever a, a race that's going to be interesting, I hope I can uh, hope I can let you know beforehand that you can that you that you might be able to watch it and and potentially get some a little bit a little bit of enjoyment out of it. I never thought I would enjoy watching cars drive around a track like 60 times for 2 hours and and enjoy it, but for some reason I do. There you go. All right, let's get out of here. All right. Well, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Oh